Hello, dear listeners. How are you? You're listening to j Radio. We are in a radio show, Hawaii Eternal Love, here with you, Abraham Barzilai. And today, this is a live broadcast. Today is Wednesday, 9 September 2015. And uh, this is the last radio show of Hawaii Eternal Love for this year, for Top Shin and we hope in the same way that we have the right, the merit to speak to you, the listeners. Today, Be'ezrat Hashem, Hashem will give us the power to do it on the next year. Be'ezrat Hashem, Be'yeter Se'et, Be'yeter Oz, Emirat Se'ashem. Well, the listeners, um, as we see, we are close by to uh, Rosh Hashanah. And we all know that Rosh Hashanah, this is Yom Hadin. And sometimes when, especially mothers, just starting to think about uh, the concept of sitting around the table for two days, and uh, it's not so simple because uh, last week I received many, many questions here in in a radio station here in Israel, I gave a lecture, and many, many people called, and they said, look, in Shabbat, when we have to sit around a table with the kids, it's so complicated, it's so, so, so uncomfortable. And suddenly, the little one pulled a map, and were breaking the glass, or something like this, and, and it's not so simple to ask, so how can I even imagine that I'm going to sit with my kids around the table for two days. It's not so simple. And uh, I know that parents are afraid of that. But especially when we're talking about the Rosh Hashanah. And why? Because Rosh Hashanah in the Halakha, the Halakha says that in Rosh Hashanah we have to be very, very careful to not get into an anger, to an anger, do not be angry, do not make hakkada at home. And Chazal says that simana miltahi. If you get a sign, this this is meaningful for you. I mean, if you opened a new year in a nervously, in a bad way, in a way that you feel frustrated. It's not so good because this is a sign, this is a signal that maybe the continual this year is going to be like that. So we have to be very, very careful in the first two days of the new year. That's why we make the simanim in the boat of the Leila, the boat of nights of Rosh Hashanah. We make simanim. We put the apple in the honey and we eat a head of, uh, of a fish or maybe a, of animal, uh, of a fish, cabbage. And we know that simana miltai, when you make a siman, a signal, you open the year with some uh, uh, positive symptoms, it's going to be the same way in the continuum of the year. And many, many parents actually really frustrated how we're going to pass this holiday, how we're going to pass this very, very holy hug, and it's also Yom Hadin. It's not so simple. 
with the kids at the same home for 48 hours, it's, it's too complicated. So this radio show, Bezat Hashem, we will talk about how to reduce the tents at home, how to reduce uh, uh, this issue of sitting around the table with the kids, and Bezat Hashem to keep the hug without anger at all. And as we know, like just just like any other field in our life, anything needs uh, preparation. And if you make a good preparation before the incident happens, you will have the powers uh, to handle with it. Now, it's getting different between from parents to parents. There are some parents that are really nervous about uh, the meat of the house. They want to keep it neat. They don't want to, the kids to make balagan in the house. There are some parents that want their children to say the around on the table. It's very, very important to them. And sometimes when the kids doesn't want to say it by the right, make them frustrated. And there are some parents they want the kids to go to the shul. Each one of the parents actually has uh, highlighted another topic, another issue during this uh, hug, during the Rosh Hashanah. And as we know, not always things going, easy going, as we want. So what we can do? If we want to explain how to make the real good preparation for Rosh Hashanah, we have to learn the issue of conscious and subconscious. We all know that many, many things that we are doing during the day actually the trigger for these deeds exist in our subconscious. Let's say, for example, there was one of the resources uh, in America in one of the universities, they tried to investigate uh, the power of subconscious. And they took uh, a man, 30 years old, and they make him under hypnosis. And uh, when he was uh, in a hypnosis, in the status of hypnosis, they told him, we want you um, to take a paper and make your signature on it, and we want you to do it in 30 days, 5 hours, and 45 minutes. And then they wake him up, or they, they, they wake him up, and uh, he didn't know what they told him, and they didn't tell him what they asked for him to do, when he was under the the, the hypnosis, and then they they look after him, and they waited for thirty days, five hours, and forty five minutes. At that time, he was sitting around the table, around his behind his desk, uh, in his work, and suddenly, for no any reason. Suddenly, when the time showed up, he took a paper, a note paper, and he took a pen, and he made his signature on the paper 
for no reason. Then they, they popped up around him and they told him, tell me right now, why did you write your signature on this note paper? And he said, I don't know, I just, I just did it. Sometimes I'm boring, I have nothing to do, so I take a paper and I make some uh, paints or something like this, so I made my signature. Then he told him, you know why you did it? Because 30 days ago, when we hypnotized you, we told you that we demand you to do it in 30 days, 5 hours, and 45 minutes. That's the reason why you pushed by your subconscious to do that. And we all know the subconscious has a very critical impact on our lives, on our behavior, even if we're not aware of that. That's why Hazal says that when a little baby just born to the world, there is very, very Indian goggle to take him to the shul, to take him to the Bet Midrash. We know that uh, uh, many, many of our holy mothers in a generation, in the, in, in the previous generation, they took little babies into the Bet Midrash just for listening to the limud of the Talmud Chachamim. And we ask why? Your little baby, five days old or one year old, he doesn't really understand what the Talmud Chachamim talking in the Gemara. But Chazal says the voices of Torah has so much power that impact the subconscious of the kids. Now, the most critical years that we actually build our subconscious is during the years of the childhood. I mean, since we're born until 12 years old, maybe 15 years old, this is the most critical impact years of our subconscious. And subconscious has many, many powers to influence our behavior in the future. Now, the question is, what kind of subconscious we build to our kids when they grow up, they're going to behave according to their subconscious. Hadal um, says that Tashim Avera It means that if someone just imagines, imagines himself make some sin, a certain sin, that he knows that this is prohibited. He knows that he is not allowed to do that by the Torah law. And he really don't dare to do that. But he always imagines himself doing this sin, this threat, this avera. Hazal says, Kashim avera, avera. If someone just imagine himself again and again that he makes some sin, it's worse than his friend that actually did the sin itself. How we can really understand it? If you've been told that someone had murdered his friend, you say, two life prison, right? 
And if I would, and, and if you've been told that someone just imagined to murder his friend, you say, no, 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 it's not good. I want you to change your mind, it's not good to you. But Hazar thinks the total opposite. The one who just imagined himself murder himself, it's worse than, than the one that actually did. How we can really understand what Hazal says. Now, we are now standing in a time of Teshuvah. What is the concept of Teshuvah? What is the meaning of Teshuvah? How we can make real good Teshuvah? Teshuvah means if someone thinks to himself, Oh, look what I've done. Look what I have done. All over the years, so many sins. I missed so many tefillat shacharitim minyam. I missed, I spent so much time with shtuyot, with nonsense, without Torah, with bitul Torah. I spoke so much Lashon Hara on my friends. I saw so much not new things, so much things that I have. And then when someone started thinking about it, he said, Oh, what have I done? It's not fit to my self-perception, to my self-image. I do not, I shouldn't have go that way. This is not the way for me. I am higher than this level. How did I did it? When some sin standing in contrast to your self-image, to your self-esteem, you say, in Hebrew we say, it's not suit me. How did I did these dirty sins? When you feel in shock, when you feel, oh, it's not suit me, then you have the chance to make a shuvah. That's the point, that's where the shuvah begins. But if I don't feel that it's standing in contrast to my self-image, I wouldn't make any teshuvah for that. I believe that no one of us has a charata and teshuvah because he didn't make kavanot ha'ari and kavanot haramach in tefillat mincha. No. We live pretty good without making the kavanot of ha'ari and kavanot haramach in tefillat mincha. We'll be very good for that. Because in my self-image, I don't see myself like one that make the holy, holy, highest kavanot of ha'ariza in the tefillah. So I don't even feel bad with that. But if I, chas v'shalom chilel shabbat, or if I spoke lashon hara, in my self-esteem, I think it's not suit me. Why, uh, why have, have I done the, why, why I did this? That's what I feel. And that's where Teshuvah begins. 
That's why Kashim because when someone imagines himself make sin, a certain sin, and he imagines that again and again and again and again and again and again, he can be sure that one day he's going to make this sin. But this is not the most damage. The most damage will be that when you did when you will do this sin, you will never make the Shiva. Because it's sitting pretty good. It's going smooth with your self-image. Because you already done these sins so many times in your imagination. So you feel good with that. You feel part of that. It's not so strange for you on your mind. So the real damage will be when you make the sin, then you're not, you don't have the point of the teshuvah. Teshuvah has no place to start the beginning from. Because it's not standing in contrast in your self-image. But if someone makes a sin, even a highest sin, very, very, very hamur venora, but he had a chance to make the shiva because he feels, oh, what have I done? I shouldn't do it. So we see that the imagination, or in another, in other words, the subconscious of us, make an impact on our behavior. That one who imagined himself make a sin again and again and again, he starts to take this action of the sin and put it inside his subconscious. So, when he will make the sin, it's part of his behavior. Subconscious has a critical impact on us. That's why Kashim But at the same way, we can use the subconscious for our benefit. <coughs> And how actually we can do it. <coughs> Let's try to use the huge power of imagination. When you, the parent, when you're about to sleep, and you lay on your bed, and your home suddenly became quiet, and suddenly the little angels already falling asleep, and Baruch Hashem, you have, you have a little bit of time, a little bit of good time. Don't stand it with the nonsense, with your cell phone, with your music. No. Just close your eyes and try to imagine the most tense incident in a house when Rosh Hashanah will, will come. Try to imagine the table of Rosh Hashanah. Try to imagine your kids around the table. And try to imagine your dear Yossi must pulling the knife off. He must do something. He always does something. He always acting up. And I know it. Try and start to imagine the worst incident in your home. 
but the same way, try to imagine yourself. Manage your emotions. Controlling your emotions. Controlling your nervousness. Try to imagine yourself, keep smiling, with a high goal of this night, with a very strong decision. I want this Rosh pass in a nicely way. I want this hug will pass in peace, in calm. I want it to to go well. When you imagine the worst incident at your home, and you imagine yourself manage your feelings, manage your emotions, controlling your emotions, when it will happen, you will have the powers to stand and keep smiling because of the high goal of this night. We want to begin the new year in a nice way, with no anger, with no chaos, with no midotraot, just in peace and in smile, because we know what Chazal say, Simana Miuta. When you open the new year in a nicely way, it's not just a signal. No, it's very meaningful. It's got to impact the new year. Actually, in another word, Rosh Hashanah, this is the subconscious of the entire year ahead. We call it anticipation. When you try to imagine yourself, when you are afraid from any incident in the future, let's say that you uh, uh, um, have a, a real important test for a special degree, and you really need it, and you have learned so many material, and tomorrow morning you have to do the test, and you're really afraid to fail this test. You know what you should do? The night before, or two nights before, before you fall in asleep, start to imagine how you're sitting, and the paper with the questions on your table, and you're really confused, and you really don't remember the answers. Try to feel the negative feelings and the confusion of feeling around the table with the test and then try to imagine yourself stay focused stay calm trying trying to remember the answers try to calm yourself and try to develop your self-confidence that's the way to handle with any issues in our life and someone told me really, really important command at this point. That's right that people say this. In Hebrew we say, If you think positive, 
the positive will come. But if you think negative, the negative will come. So why did I tell you to think about the worst of incidents and how you manage yourself? Maybe you have to think that the worst incidents will not happen. That's right. That's right. That's the way it should be. But right now, I'm talking for the parents that already convinced the Rosh Hashanah is going to be a nightmare for them. They're really sure for that. And the short time that we have up to Rosh Hashanah, it's not enough to make the change of the perception. That's why I tell them, try to imagine the worst incidents in your home, but try to imagine yourself that you manage your emotions. But the second stage of this progress has to be, the main goal has to be that you try to imagine that the worst incident will not happen. Always positive thoughts. Always positive thoughts. That's the way to create positive reality. That's what Hashem says. The media says that Hashem, before He created the world, He says, "Pitechila alav emachshatol vizrois haolam b'midat hadim." Ra'ah kadosh baruch hu shenen haolam itkayem b'midat hadim. Amad veshitef ima midat avachamim. When Hashem created the world, the first, the first meaning was to create the world by judgment. If someone made a sin, you have to die immediately. If someone made a mitzvah, you have to get his reward immediately. And then Hashem saw that the world would not be exist even for one week because the human being cannot live their life with Midat Hadim. So he shared Midat Hadim with the Midat Halachamim, with the merit. And we ask a very simple question. When you're talking on a human kind, you can say, he thought so, and suddenly he decided to do so. But when you're talking about gosh, you cannot say, he thought to create the world that way, and then he saw it's not going to make it, so he, so he decided to share Midat Rahamin with Midat Hadin. Hashem knows everything. Hashem doesn't change his mind. So why Chazal says, with the Chilai in the beginning, he thought, to, he thought to do it that way, but in the conclusion, he decided something else. You cannot say that on a Hashem. The answer is very simple. Hashem wanted to teach us how creations work. If you want to create reality in your life, if you want something to come true, the first step for make it happen is by thinking. It's inside your imagination, subconscious, call it what, whatever name that you want, you can pick for that. But it's all up to imagination. It's all up to our thoughts. When you think positive, 
that's the way that's the beginning to create positive reality. That's right. That should be our main goal of life, to create positive things. And we, when we have positive thoughts, we're creating positive reality. But right now, I give the advice for the parents that's already frustrated. You cannot convince them that this Rosh Hashanah is going to be changed. It's going to be different. It's going to be good. The kids will not make any Baladan in the house. Are you kidding me? I know my kids better than you, Mr. Abraham Barzillai, with all the respect. So for these parents, I say, okay, stay with your, with your thoughts that at the same way, try to imagine yourself stay calm, and even the kids make the most things around the table, the most working things around the table. Try to imagine yourself stay calm. Keep the smile on your face. And try to imagine like a sign, a big sign in your living room. I want this year to be different. I want to start this year in a positive way, in a wide smile, because this is very meaningful for the future, for the next new year, Simana Milta That's what Chazal told us. I hope that we'll, we will be smart enough to use the huge power of imagination to create a different reality for the next year of Israel. Well, the listeners, if you want to uh, send us your text messages, a phone number for texting, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398 for your text messages. If you want to call in, a phone number is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. Now, we're going to a small musical break that the one would play with us. And Bezrat Hashem, uh, Bezrat Hashem, uh, we're gonna, uh, we'll be back on air with your questions and with your text. Just stay with us. Like it, 
We're here back with you, the listeners. You're listening to Hawaii Kanalab. And this is the last radio show of the year of Tafshin Ayn Ayn. And now, Bezat Hashem, we're approaching your question. Well, I received one question that dealing with the, the divide around on the table in Rosh Hashanah. Uh, there is some father that he write us, in a, he write it in, a, in the email, a question that he wants his heavenly results to say the right around the table. And he said that the Rebbe in the class, every Friday he says, he tells them to the student, to the Talmudian, the Torah, with a support, with a story, but his child doesn't want to say something. Uh, he mentioned here that when he convinced him to say the Torah, like he promised him a candy, or something like this. Then he started talking, and he says that the Vatara is really, really nice. So what he can do for this Rosh Hashanah, when he wants his kids to say the Vatara, but he doesn't like the way that he has to give him something for that. He wants him, he wants it to be part of his behavior. Well, listen to we actually touched one of the sensitive points in education. Sometimes we promise the kids some prizes, some rewards, because we want to motivate them to do something. And some parents actually think that it's very, very uh, educational system. This is an educational method. It's good. When I promised him a prize, then he has the cheshek to do something. And each one of us who had an experience that way knows that this is a big illusion. It's not true. Uh, the issue of uh, prizes maybe can motivate our children for one week, two weeks, one month for the most, but not more than that. Sometimes, we feel that we're not grant our children rewards, we just pay them. And this is the great difference. Look, I'm, I don't think that privacy it's, it's a, a negative method. But I do say that if you feel that you pay private, not granting uh, prizes, this is the real problem. Um, let's say that uh, I want my kid to uh, meet his room. I want him to meet his room. And then I say, Jesse, I want you to meet your room right now. And then he say, what are you going to give me? If I say, if you need the house, if you need your room, I'm going to give you a candy, it's not educational method. It's not good, I'm spoiling the kid. You know why? Because I actually changed his scale of values. In one of my lectures, I say that the encouragement is the main power that can motivate our children to do more. And I give a whole lecture on the encouragement, of the importance of the encouragement, how we, how we have to use the encouragement. And then the lecture was over. 
And one of the mothers in the crowd approached me and she told me, you know, I've been in one of your lectures in the, in the last time, and you told us to use the encouragement. Look, I tried it for a month. I can assure you it's not work. What you're talking in your lectures about the encouragement, it's a nonsense. I checked it, and it doesn't work. So I sat on a chair, and I told her, let me hear the story. Then she said, look, one of the main issues in my house is my eight-year-old boy, he doesn't want to meet his home, in his room. It's always Balagan, and I, I was feeling really, really frustrated. Then I heard your lecture about the encouragement, and then I waited for the opportunity to praise my child. One day, I came home from work, and I saw his room fixed and arranged and knitted perfectly. Then I said, wow, Yossi, look at your room. What a huge job you made here. I so appreciate it. I'm grateful to you. It's so nice. It's so, it gives me so pleasure to getting into your room and it's so knitted. It's so arranged. Wow, wow, wow. You are my hero. And I lift it up. I lift my child up and I hugged him and I kissed him. Just like you said in your lectures, you're talking about warmth and affection, you're talking about encouragement. You say this is the main power that can motivate our children, but I tried it. And it, in the beginning, it really worked. Next day, once I came home, I saw the same thing. I saw that he made, made his room perfectly. Then, I re-encouraged him again and again. I said, you're so special, you're so a hero. I, I really appreciate it. You make mommy so happy. And that way was for two weeks. Every day his room fixed perfectly. But after two weeks, when I came home, suddenly I was surprised. His room so messed. You know, it was worse than the beginning. Then I told him, yes, what's going on with your room? What happened to you? Then he said, very, <laughs> he said an answer that makes me so nervous. He said, what do you want? I don't care about my room. Before I started to encourage him, she don't even dare to say such kind of answer. To insult my, to, to, to insult me when I command him to fix the room, to need the room. He tried to find to some excuses, excuses, but now he just said in front of me, I don't care about my room. I don't want to need my room. I wasn't shocked. And for the next two weeks, it, it was horrible. It stayed in a horrible state. Tell me why the encouragement didn't work. Then I told her, 
I say that you say the answer by yourself. When you came home on the first day that he naked his home, and you said, wow, Yossi, you're so special, you're a hero, you lift him and you hug him and you kiss him, you know what the message you actually expressed out? In another word, you told him, Yossi, the very fact that you meet your home, it's special things. It's unusual behavior. You are a hero. So it's not the regular daily schedule, but part of it to meet your room every evening. No. It's something so special. Your son really felt so good with the praise of you. That's why he did it in the next day and the day after. But after two weeks, he was exhausted. How long you can be a hero? How long you can be so special? So after two weeks, he said to himself, okay, I had enough of it. And now he's surprised why you yell at him and why you're so angry with him when he's not arranged his stuff. I'm just not so special. Is that reason to be angry with me? I just don't want to, I just don't have the powers to be a hero. Is that a good reason to be angry with me? Then he feels that you make an evil for him. Then he feels bad with your critical, with your uh, criticized words. He feels bad with it. When you gave him so huge and unusual encouragement, like you're so special, you are a hero, wow, what a surprise you did to mommy, you actually spoiled his uh, uh, scale of values. He internalized that to meet the room, something so special and unusual. This is not a way. The way of encouragement means try to create an atmosphere of appreciation. Appreciation attitude to your child. Little words, simple words, very plain words, but all over the day. Once you see him about to went out of the house, Stop him and, told, and tell him, wow, your clothes so clean. It's really a pleasure to look at you. Have a nice day. Once he come back, tell him, I remember your tefillah chachrit. I remember your bukacha call. It was so special. You know, all over the day I think about it. Many, many little compliments with the very simple words don't make big deal from his good deeds. Little words, simple words, but all over the day. During the time, he's trying to feel that his personality is positive. He has positive personality. When you ask him what you're special on, he will not have a correct answer for you. 
I don't know. I just feel good with myself. I know that I'm positive personality. I don't even know why. Because you are not highlighting one of his deeds. And second, he doesn't feel that all his position, all his degree, is depend in, in one behavior, one good behavior. Then he feels that. Well, dear listeners, I would uh, make this uh, issue wider and wider, but we have uh, two minutes uh, left, and uh, we have to finish this radio show, so I really want to um, tell you, dear listener, I want to bless you in a good year with to everyone of our listeners and to everyone of Am Israel, that Be'ezat Hashem, you will, the next year will be better. My phone number, if you want to finish um, some consultation, 917-8094-944, that's 917-8094-944. Thank you. Uh, to Evan Yaakov, to Nisim Lazari, to you, the listeners, and keep listening to J-Rate Radio, and the Zad Hashem, we all have Ktiva V'chatimah Tova. Bye-bye.